Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Carl Carlson. And this is Fred Schreckler. Hey, Carl. Hey, Fred. You know, I get a lot of uh, questions from uh, readers, which I really appreciate. It's kind of, uh, it's a fun part of being retired right now is to is to reflect with people and stay connected to the uh, to the uh, the wide what's audience. going on. Yeah. Well, you've got a, a great big friendly button there that says "Ask Carl a question." And, That's right. Yeah. That's where they come from. That's right. <laughs> and I and I, you know, and it's on every one of your articles on the site. And um, I've been trying to convince other people to do something similar to that. And it's it just it's. I'm so glad you did it. It it really does open a conduit. It's a win-win because the questions challenge me. And this is what's so fascinating about uh, questions is that you can be in a you can be a subject matter expert or be, you know, understand a body of knowledge for years and years, but questions are relating to application. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no there's no way you're going to ever understand all applications. And so I'm learning by people questioning me and they're learning by the answers. And it's just a tremendous uh, win-win. Well, part of that context is also, you know, where are they? Is this the first time they're trying to explore using FMEA or if they had yeah. really bad experiences with previous facilitators that really didn't know what they're doing or, or are they honing or an already really good program? You know, it, it, they come from so many different circumstances. That's right. That's right. And so the, there's a bucket of questions that I thought it'd be fun to talk about. And that's the bucket is confusions about if what the elements of FMEA, mm-hmm. a failure mode, an effect, a cause. And the confusion is specifically, how do you know one from the other? I often got that one too, is I, I usually get those questions around like, is this a failure mode or is this a failure yeah. mechanism? And I'm like, uh, okay. Right. <laughs> Right. And they'll, they'll ask things like a trigger word, like uh, an example I used in my teaching, but this is an example that I hear from time to time is the word leak, L-E-A-K. Mm-hmm. Someone says, no, I think leak is a failure mode, but my colleague says, no, leak is a an effect. And who's right? And they'll write me like that. <laughs> go, well, there's no, there's no simple answer to that because it always depends on the context. So I write back to them and I say, what's the item that you're analyzing? And what's the function of that item? At least one of the functions that you're analyzing uh, that gets you the failure mode. And once they identify the item and the function, then I can work with them to see whether the word they're concerned about is a failure mode, an effect, or a cause. Yep. It always goes back to that flow. And it's just fascinating how it unravels, but people have got this misunderstanding that specific words automatically mean they're a failure mode or an effect or a cause, and they don't. I'm trying to think of a concrete example. Let's say you just have a a bucket and it's to carry water in, for example. I'm going to go water some plants in my garden, so I fill up a bucket, for example. If that, its function is to contain the water, right? provide a portable means to carry a gallon or two of water. 
and if it leaks, it comes out of the side or the bottom or stuff. That's the symptom I'm seeing. And so I'm like, hmm, well, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And then the way I usually think about things, Carl, which may throw a complete wrench into your topic is I go, hmm, well, that's about the right stream of water for me to actually water the plants effectively rather than trying to tip it over. <laughs> so it's not a failure mode at all. No, it's in, a feature. In the Fred household. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a feature. It's just as long as it doesn't leak so fast, they don't get any water onto the garden. Um, yet at some points of view, it's, well, it's not doing the function. And then people want to go to, well, did the polymer was it punctured? Did it was it stored improperly? Was a you know sun damage to the polymers? What you know what was diving into the cause? And what I find is people will go to the nth degree to identify a cause, and everybody's saying, "Well, the damage to the sun is a by the sun this uh, UV radiation." Well, that's a, that's still just a, a failure mode. It, the mechanism itself is in the molecular level, and it's like it's leaking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. We got other problems. <laughs> Let's take the bucket example. So you've got a bucket, and it has a purpose, and then you've really highlighted the reason why you have to start with the function, because if your function is to water the plants, that's different than if a bucket that is supposed to be contain the water mm -hmm. and not leak at all, not be used, not water's not supposed to escape. So you define the function and the function has to have requirements. And so if the if this bucket that we're talking about is a bucket that is supposed to contain water, then a leak might be the manner in which the item doesn't accomplish the function, which is the definition of failure mode. Right. It's the manner that it doesn't. Right. And and so there you have leak as a failure mode. But on the other hand, if you have an automobile going down the road and it has a malfunction of some kind, maybe a, um, maybe a tire blows out and the consequence, this is, this is a far-fetched example, but it could happen. The consequence is the, the car rolls over and mm -hmm. the fuel tank has a leak. It, it uh, damages the fuel tank in some way and it leaks. That's a serious consequence. So you want to know that kind of leak that's yeah. happening as a consequence of a rollover. Yeah. Uh, or you could have a, like a cause, The and the answer is, it can be a cause like you're describing. It can be part of the, the definition of a mechanism of failure. But one of the examples I use is a camera flash circuit. Now, this is if it, the flash circuit has a capacitor, mm -hmm. and the, the root cause could be the capacitor leaks. And uh, that wouldn't be, and then we'd have to separate the cause from the mechanism of failure because we always want to get the mechanism as well. So you can be, a given word can be a failure mode, an effect or a cause, and you always need to look at the item and the function before you can answer the question. So that's, that's the, way, yeah, yeah, and that's the way I learned it way on is the, I always found the failure modes part, the brainstorming failure modes is the easiest part is you open up the, what is this thing supposed to do? <laughs> Where's, what are the specifications? What's it supposed to do? And you put a, a not sign in front of most of them say, well, it's not, it's supposed to hold water, right? So it's not supposed to lose water, right? right. Well, that's a failure mode. There you go. You know, and it, it just made it trivial. If, if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, that's a failure mode. 
this is what's so interesting about FMEAs is that every element or column, you need to get it to the level of detail. It doesn't have to be a huge amount of detail, the level of detail to get to the next step. So yeah. you have to define the function like you're doing right there, Fred. You're defining the function well enough so the failure mode falls into your lap. Yeah, and every now and then you get where a mechanism and a mode or you know, the same term, I like your example of a leak is in the failure mode at one place, but it's, it's the, it's in a failure mechanism at another place. And yes. somebody catches that and says, we can't have this being in both places. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but you, sometimes it takes more than one word. I hate yeah. to see one word as a failure mode or one word as a cause, because you want to get the context. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it works like a crack might be a failure mode, but then you got Got to go. Why is it cracking? Mm -hmm. That could be a the wall thickness is too thin, or just the wrong material, or whatever. Or designed to deal for thermal expansion. And and the other confusion that I get so often, almost um, we're approaching well over half of people have this confusion, is the difference between the cause and the mechanism of failure. And and the mechanism, as as you know, because you've described it very well, the mechanism of failure. Is the physics or the electrical um, system chemical? Chemical, yeah. yes. It's the, basically the progression of what goes on at the physics level, or the chemical level, or the electrical level, that gets you to that failure mode, which is different than a cause. A cause is more like the deficiency of the design, like wall thickness is too thin, or the material's wrong. Right. The mechanism is like fatigue or or wear, and you want to get both. And that's the thing I try to teach people is you got the cause, but don't forget the failure mechanism. You know, I tend to really dive deep on the mechanisms after we prioritize. I'm not surprised. You know, because otherwise a room full of engineers oh, will be, we'll create a fault tree for every single item. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Every single cause, it will get its own fault tree. Because there's many, many, many things that can occur to cause a failure. And they all, and they, but once we get the most likely one, move on. Because anything less than that will, if it's high priority, then we'll go deal with it. But I've had way too many discussions, especially when it's a group of engineers, it's like, well, it's leaking. Well, what's the cause of that? Well, there's a hole there, all right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the failure, you know, that's the cause. There's a hole, but what caused that? Or what's, you know, what's the mechanism? What's the underlying caused? mechanism that what's created the mechanism the hole? there? Well, it could be this nail that got stuck through it, you know? All right. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, let's wait to see if this consequence, this, th this line in the most likely thing to occur is the mechanism or cause um, comes to the top before we flush it out any further. But as opposed to, if you let them, if you let the team run, then you'll end up with 57 different possible causes of why there's a hole in this bucket. Yeah. It could, could be rust. It could be wear. It could be fatigue. It could be manufacturing defects. It wasn't woven correctly. It wasn't drank. You know, it had all, on and on and on and on. I yeah. get over it. <laughs> and you're wasting time. Yeah. And, and time is valuable. And time is really important because if you waste time of people, they won't show up to meetings. Mm -hmm. They won't participate. And then you won't get the results and you want the, the, the method to be a team-based yeah, method. Yeah. But if you waste people's time, the team isn't going to show up. Yeah. So get one or two mechanisms, move on. 
you know, one or two causes, move on. The rule Just I use, hitters. yeah, the rule I use, and, and I've used it for years and years, and it really works it, for in my practice. If you have the right people in the room, that's the first gate. Yeah. You have the right people in the room. And no one, not one person is concerned about that cause or concerned about that failure mode. I don't even enter it into the worksheet. Yeah. I'll just, okay, you've you've said that the the pen can break if it if an elephant comes through the door and stomps on it. See, somebody just brainstormed that. Right. Are you really concerned about that? Do you have any concern that there's going to be? No, no, no. I'm just sort of. It's brainstorming. Yeah. yeah, I'm uh, making sure we don't miss anything. Okay. Well, if you're not concerned about it, is anybody else concerned about? It? Nope. Okay. We don't enter that one. Yep. And move on. But I might get, you know, two, three, four causes if they are valid concerns. Right. And or one. I mean, whatever. I use that that uh, sense of the team. But here's the key. And this is what some people miss. If one person's concerned about it, I don't vote on it. I want to hear that person because yeah. I have countless times seen in a team where one person is concerned and it turns out they were right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to listen to it and probe it and question it and draw people out um, and have other people comment on it. But I don't want to negate it because the majority don't think it's a concern. Well, it's one of those where, I mean, we're in a, in a room together and we're not pulling, we're pulling in our experiences and, and it goes back to yours, the right people in the room. We all have different views and different experiences and it's a way to share that and it, make it safe for that one person to say, you know, my experience, it's this is what really is the problem here. And so it gets recorded. I come back to it and, you know, if there's still uncertainty, well, the action item in my experience has been, well, let's go get more data on this. Let's go right. find out, you know, if this is, right. let's prove it one way or the other. And other times it's like, once it gets talked through, then the rest of the team goes, oh, okay. Now I see what you're seeing. All right. Yeah. We got to do something about that. Very good. It's exactly what, and, and the other part of this, and it's going to be in the same conversation is everybody in that room has the potential for blind spots. And yep. if you don't have a good dynamic of communication, exploration, the right attitude, the right safeness, those blind spots are going to screw you. Yep. yep. So, the, so the confusion, and, and the other thing I want to state on this subject to confusion about FMEA elements is how important it is for the leader of the team, the facilitator or whatever you want to call it, the team leader, to really understand the basics of FMEA. Because if the facilitator or the team leader is confused about what a failure mode is or an effect or a cause, that team is in trouble. Well, they're providing guidance that's inconsistent with getting good results is the way I look at it. You know, it, yeah. You know, yeah. I've run into one confusion I ran into a couple of times is well, I always learned that you take one failure mode and you go horizontally across the the, the form, you, you figure out what the consequences are and you fill out the causes and, you know, occurrence rate, do all that stuff, do one at a time, all the way across. And other, another guy sitting next to him or, and says, no, 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 that, 
you got to go all the failure modes first. There's a brainstorm of all that. And then go down the columns <laughs> and go vertically. And it helps align the scoring and this, that, and the other thing. And like, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I prefer one method versus the other. Here's here's the rationale for the way I would like to do it. And are you okay with that? And they're like, oh, okay, I'll try it and move on. I always start out um, my training and even when I'm doing an FMEA, and I'll bring up a quote that I love from Benjamin Franklin. Uh, in matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. Yep. And what you're describing is a style. Yep. And I you know, can swim with the current. You want to go left to right. You want to go up or down. I personally like the way you do it because I think the team gets interested in a particular failure mode. And then you explore it all the way. And, and otherwise you lose interest if you go a long vertical, but that's a style thing. Yeah. I, you know, part of it is also scoping. I think there's a confusion on that um, is, and this is just from my experience. Some people believe that you start with the bill of materials on every aspect of this helicopter, which they described as 10,000 loosely affiliated components flying hmm. in formation. <laughs> which made me leery of getting on a helicopter after that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, and they said every single rivet has to be explored. I'm like, really? No. no. And the, their judgment, one guy's judgment of an FMEA is if it was, you know, three reams of paper thick, then it was complete. I, no. I completely no, disagree. Com and I, I'm sure it's the time. Huh. Well, uh, and this is the problem is it, people don't have the time and companies don't have the money to do FMEAs on everything. If you try to do that, you're going to do a lick and a promise. You're going to do a <laughs> shortcut. You're going to quote, fill out the form, unquote. Yeah, or pay somebody else to go do it for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. An another yeah. comment I'll make that just came to mind on uh, advice to uh, FMEA participants when they get confused is to use thoughts, I'll call them thought starter questions, rather than saying, what's the failure mode? So you got the bucket, it's got water, mm -hmm. it's got a function, it's supposed to contain the water. Rather than say, what's the failure mode? Say, what's the manner in which that bucket could fail to contain water? So what you've done by doing that is you've bypassed the confusion that people might have on definitions. And you've gone right to the concept. Yeah, the concept yeah, yeah. is the manner in which the item doesn't accomplish the purpose. So you say, what's the manner that the bucket won't contain the water? And they say, well, it could leak or it could da-da-da-da. It tip over when, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, I often would say something like, um, how would a customer know it's not working? It is, you know, it, it it's an open-ended question. It's not what is the the yeah. one and only bestest, you know, one that we got to solve failure mechanism or failure mode. It's, it's more, how would somebody notice? And it, I find that that avoids the things that we really are never going to get to or care about. <laughs> you know, right. There could be, there, you know, there might be a bazillion failure modes. You know, if you leave the bucket of water out on the deck for like three weeks in the hot sun, then there won't It'll be evaporate. water left in it. It'll <laughs> evaporate. Do we really care about that? Like, no. All right. Excellent point. And I, I agree with your, what you're saying is 
the the thought starter questions don't have to be canned. You don't want them to be canned. Yeah. You want to open a discussion, like you say, open ended, and and then stay focused on principles rather than words. So, yeah. and there's lots yeah. more elements that people get confused about. We could spend all day on it, but I always go back. If you're having a problem with effect, I go earlier. What's the function in the failure mode? If you're having a problem with cause, I automatically say, what's the function in the failure mode? Because then you can reorient the team. And then we always go back to the the fundamentals of the definitions. And I use words like you're talking about there. Uh, what what are you concerned about on this? Or how could this thing not work? You know, different ways. There's no perfect way to do it. Right. You just open up the conversation. Yeah. Which goes to the heart of where, the, to me, there's no confusion about it. It's the value of an FMEA is in large part aligning the team and what's important and collecting all of that information. You know, if, instead of having six or seven people in their silos, when they get to talk to each other, they go, oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> and then, That's you know, right. you've got a lot of value out of this FMEA. It's so true. The value is the process, the process of communication. Uh, it's not the worksheet. No, the worksheet's just a piece of paper. Well, you, hopefully it becomes some action items. You go do something about it. But I think the conversation in and of itself adds value. And then the follow-on activities of fixing things and improving the design and so on is, is adds value up to a large extent. If you're a reader and, or listener, I'm sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> writing articles. If you're a listener and you have a, any confusion about FMEA, there's two things you could do here. You could ask Carl if you go to any of my articles, or you could write me at my email address, which is on Ascendo. Or you could, what's the... Uh, yeah, what's you could the get in touch with us a whole bunch of different ways. There's a, a go to uh, ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And there's a couple of ways you can get in touch with us there. And Carl and I and the other hosts of the show are all available through LinkedIn and or through our about pages on the site. And then as Carl mentioned, he's got that ask Carl a question button on the on his it's I trying to is it inside FMEA? Is that the article yes. series? Inside yeah. FMEA series. So, so uh look for that on the site or just give a search for Carl and you'll find all kinds of stuff by him. So there's lots of, of ways to get in touch with us. And and a lot of these comments and stuff you brought up today, Carl, were from questions that came to you through ask Carl a question or just oh, yeah. you get questions from all kinds of sources, I'm sure. But That's uh, right. And so don't don't hesitate to uh, send in a question. That's how you learn. And we're all learning. Yeah, definitely. So with that, Carl, I think uh, we'll see what the inbox brings today. Yes, indeed. I bet there'll be some surprises. <laughs> Always is. All right. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Fred. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show. Please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.